0: Well, happy new year to you, uh, off and running, you're looking good there, and I, I don't know about you, is it just me, or did 2016 just flat out fly by? I mean, my goodness, you know, I, I I remember when I used to hear folks that were older than I was, talk about how fast time was moving, and I thought, yeah, that's that's just the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of in my life. I mean, we all get 24 hours in a day, I mean, everybody gets the same thing, you know? I got to tell you, now that I have matured a little bit, uh, (laughs) come on, it's New Year's, be nice. (laughs) I'm about to learn those folks are right, you know? The fact is, I now subscribe to the toilet paper philosophy of life. You know what that is, right? Toilet paper philosophy of life says life's like a roll of toilet paper. The closer you get to the end, the faster it goes round. And so, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of of that, of that mindset uh, now. Uh, well, Regardless of how fast uh, last year went, uh, you and I have been given a gift, the gift of a brand new year. And don't know all that it holds, don't know if the Lord in his grace and sovereignty will let us have 365 days so that we'll be back uh, at this point uh, celebrating another New Year's Day, but we have a gift that uh, God is inviting us to unwrap. I mean, think about it, the gift of 52 weeks, the gift of 365 days. God's given you a gift of 8,760 hours, uncharted in a new year. Over half a million minutes will make up this new year that's before us. And while a lot of folks will have resolutions and all of those things... What I want us to just spend a little time reflecting on this morning is how do I maximize the gift of a new year? If God in His grace and God in His sovereignty has, has designed a brand new year for you and I to live in, how do we live that to the best? How do we maximize this, this gift of a new year? And unless you think that's just kind of some motivational self help uh, kind of question to ask, it's really a scriptural mandate. A scriptural mandate for you and I to maximize the gift of whatever time we've been given. Ephesians chapter 5. We'll just look at a couple of verses here. Verse 15 says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is is and then he goes on and talks about the necessity of being filled with the spirit but just notice the the call there that that you and i can make the best use of time or we can live unwisely we can live wisely or we can live foolishly we can just do what we've always done or we can understand what the will of the lord is how do we maximize the gift of a brand new year Because the challenge that I'm going to face and you're going to face this year is the same challenge that you faced last year and the year before and the year before that. And that challenge is simply uh, this, that one of the greatest dangers that you and I will experience is in letting the urgent things crowd out the important things in our lives. And we all have urgent things, right? Right? Everybody's got an idea. Everybody's got a plan. We all live with information overload. We all have all of those challenges, but as we navigate all of that information and all of those opportunities and all of those requests for our time and our energy, we have to be careful that we don't let urgent things, those things that scream the loudest in the moment, crowd out the important things in our lives. And so I just want to spend a little time talking about how do I make the most of the new year. How do I make the most of this, this gift that God's given us of the new year? And I'm just a simple guy, so I'm just going to go through the ABCs here, all right? I won't go A to Z. We won't be here that long. Uh, but uh, I'll give you this kind of the first few letters of the alphabet that may help to kind of, kind of reorient us to make the most of the new year. And the A is a simple reminder uh, that you and I need to assume responsibility for our lives. Assume responsibility responsibility for my life. Galatians encourages us, for each will have to bear his own load. You have to bear your own load. That, that there is a responsibility that part of God entrusting a gift of life to you and a gift of a new year is for you to assume responsibility for that life, for the choices you make, for how you live in that. And so one of the first things I need to do is say, under God, I've got to assume responsibility for my life. But not everybody does that. It's been said there are at least three kinds of people in life. There are the accusers. The accusers are always blaming somebody, right? Uh, my boss, my parents, my coach, my teacher, my, my neighbor, my, my spouse, my children, my family, whatever it is, we always have somebody to blame. Why don't I ma- maximize this new year? Why don't I maximize this opportunity? We always have somebody or something to blame. There's always going to be folks who are going to live their life primarily as, accusers and then there are folks that are excusers 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 are those that kind of always have a reason always have a reason they didn't do what they said they were going to do didn't fulfill that that promise or come through or keep that resolution or or whatever it is and we all do this right I mean we all tell ourselves rational lies right to rationalize our behavior at times and we make excuses along the way an Old proverb says, a lazy man is full of excuses. It's full of excuses, that there's always an excuse. There's always an excuse not to do perhaps what God has called us to do. But the people who maximize the gift of life and the gift of a new year will be the choosers. The choosers understand some things about life. They understand, I can't, ever, I can't choose everything that comes into my life. I can't choose every circumstance, every challenge. I can't, choose that, I can't choose that none of these bad things will ever enter into my life. But I can choose how I respond. I can choose my attitude. I can choose what thoughts I dwell on. I can choose what actions I engage in. I can live life not as an accuser or an excuser, but I can live life as a chooser along the way. And choosers assume responsibility for their life. Choosers have learned the truth that my choices determine more than my circumstances my choices determine more than my circumstances and you know we all have circumstances that we don't like we all face those but choosers understand that regardless of my circumstances, in the end, my choices are going to determine more about the quality and the contribution of my life than the circumstances of my life. If I'm going to maximize the gift of a new year, I have to assume responsibility for my life. But I also have to believe I can change. I have to believe that I can change. We all have those areas of our life I want to grow, I want to develop. There's maybe some, some things from our, our past we want to leave behind or some habits we want to get rid of or whatever it may be some character qualities we we know God wants to grow in us along the way some new challenges that God wants us to take on and if I'm going to move forward in that I have to believe that it's possible I have to really believe that I can change I have to believe that uh, words like Philippians 4.13 weren't just for apostles, but it was for you and for me. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. That whatever God calls me to do, whatever God calls me to face, whatever God will call me to walk through the circumstances, I can handle this. I can change. If there's something God wants to develop in me, then by God's strength, that can happen. I have to believe in Christ's power working through me. And if you read Scripture, one of the things that just, at times will just overwhelm you is that God takes ordinary people. And does extraordinary things through their lives. It's not that the people we read about in scripture were so radically different from you and I. They were ordinary men and women who just came to believe in an extraordinary God and what an extraordinary God could do in and through them. You have to believe that you can change, but that change is always connected to Christ's power, to that relationship with Christ. Jesus put it this way, "'I am the vine and you are the branches. "'Whoever abides in me and I in him, "'he it is that bears much fruit. "'For apart from me you can do nothing.'" you can do nothing. There's nothing that we can do apart from God's activity in our lives, apart from the power of Christ flowing through us. That's why as a follower of Jesus Christ, a major focus of my life in a new year is to stay vitally connected to Christ. Because when I am vitally connected to Christ, I have his direction. He helps me to understand what Ephesians said, to to understand what the will of the Lord is. It is in that life-giving, giving connection that the energy and the power and the capacity to change and to develop and grow flow from and so I have to assume responsibility yes I am responsible for the choices I make for the things that I choose to do but I also believe that I can change because of Christ's power in me and not not because I'm some superhuman being but because I can be connected to this extraordinary God but if you're really going to maximize the gift of a new year you also have to clarify you have to clarify what I really want And for followers of Christ, it's to clarify what it is that God wants in my life. That's why Paul wrote to the Ephesians, Make the best use of the time, uh, but understand what the will of the Lord is is that that I have to understand I have to to get clarity on what are those things that are important because if I don't if I don't clarify what's important then I'm always going to respond to the urgent and it has to be the things that are important to you under God I heard about a couple that went for marriage counseling and and they'd had a a pretty good relationship but it it seemed to have just kind of hit the rocks and and the counselor was trying to unpack all that and he said, "Well." He said, now tell me, he said, what, 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 where do you think this, this, this started? Where do you think your problem started? And the wife looked at him and said, well, it's pretty easy. He said, it all started when we decided it would be fun one year for us to make up each other's New Year's resolutions, right? <laughs> That's a bad plan, right? That's a bad plan, right, for you to write your spouse's New Year's resolutions, right? Bad plan. Don't clarify what somebody else wants. Clarify under God, what do you want? What is it that you sense God wants to do in and through your life? Job recorded these words, let us choose what is right. Let us know among ourselves what is good. We have to choose, to choose what is right, to choose what is good. And in order to do that, we have to clarify. The reality is you can live year after year after year and just kind of go along and just kind of do what you've always done or what the people around you do or just kind of get kind of get caught up in the latest thing and come to the end of a decade, the end of a life, and never have really clarified what is important, what is of. Uh, of of highest value here along the way. Corinthians challenges us. Everything is permissible, but not everything is constructive. If you're going to maximize the gift of a new year, you have to understand that there are a lot of things that are going to come into your life that are not necessarily bad, but they're also not necessary. And, And sometimes our lives get filled up with things that are permissible, But they're not the most beneficial. But the only way that you're going to know that is if you clarify. If you clarify what, under the Lord, you really want. So let me just give you three questions that might help you to begin to clarify. And there's certainly a whole lot more uh, to this. But but it may just begin with these three real simple questions. The first is, what do I value? What do I value? I mean, when I come to the end of my life... What do I want to look back and say, this is what was true about my life? These are the values that I lived out. These are the important things that showed up in my schedule, in my life, in my actions, in my behaviors on a regular basis. What do I value? And and can I just encourage you? Those who make the greatest progress in clarity don't just think about these things. They write them down. Because there's something about writing it down, whether you use a, a pen and paper or a keyboard or whatever it is. But there's something about writing it down. Someone said years and years ago, thoughts disentangle themselves when they pass over the lips or through the fingertips. And I still believe that's absolutely true. That, that to get clarity, sometimes I have to get something down where I can see it. Where I can say, what is really important to me? What do I value? Maybe another question is to say, what do I want to change? Now, so, so some of us tend to be more problem solvers than, and it's kind of like I, I can kind of identify get clarity around some things because looking at some things in my life to say here's something that's a part of my life I really don't want this to be a part of my life anymore at the end of my days I don't want to say that th- this is something that I just never dealt with and, and so maybe one of the questions that'll help you to get clarity as you think about your life what do you want to change what do I want to change I have to believe I can change, but I have to pinpoint specific changes. And then, as a follower of Christ, I think it's very important for us to ask what's going to last? What is going to last? And one of the questions I'm just going to keep lifting before us, because I need to keep lifting it before me, is simply this What am I going to do with my one and only life that's going to last for eternity? And when it's all said and done, What am I going to do with my one and only life that's really going to matter, really going to be important for all eternity? Important things are often not urgent things. And you can rip through 365 days and just respond to urgent. And we all have to deal with urgent from time to time. I get that. But never make time for the important. And if you're going to make time for the important, you have to clarify What is important? What do I value? What do I want to change? What is going to last? What is going to last throughout eternity? But the D in our alphabet of maximizing a new year is don't wait. Don't wait to begin. You know, we're all we're all going to start the diet next week, right? Or we're all going to get 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 going on this. We're all going to take that course next time around. We're all going to uh, pursue this uh, next season or whatever it may be. Or, or there's always a reason not to start now. But but if there are words, three words that'll help us to maximize the new year, it's do it now do it now Uh, the the perfect conditions will will never be around look look what the scripture says ecclesiastes he who observes the wind will not sow and he who regards the clouds will not reap Uh, i love the way the living bible paraphrased that verse if you wait for perfect conditions you'll never get anything done (laughs) right some of us we, we, we 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 want it all lined up right I mean, it's almost like we're going to sit at home until all the lights turn green. (laughs) When all the lights are green on the way to wherever I'm going, then I'm going to go, right? If you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. If you wait for a more convenient time, you'll never find a convenient time for those things that are most important, those things that will matter for eternity. And so part of the mantra, if you will, for a new year is, I can't wait to begin. I got to do it now. I got to do it now. There's almost a holy impatience in the midst of that. You know, life must be lived. Life must be enjoyed under imperfect circumstances. Listen, if if you're waiting to this year, everything's going to be perfect. And then, man, I'm really going to get with it. No, you're not. (laughs) No, you're not. Because there's going to be stuff happening this year, just like every other year. There's going to be reasons to, to, to excuse or accuse this year just like every other year so I have to understand I've got to live my life I've got to pursue God's best for my life even under imperfect circumstances because some of us with perfectionist tendencies we just have to understand that that tendency can be a blessing but it can be it can be a curse at times and perfectionism produces paralysis sometimes right if everything has to be perfect before you start, you get paralyzed. If you have to have the answer to every question before you start, you don't move. And you end up procrastinating. I just got to do a little more of this. And I, I'm, not, I'm not just advocating willy-nilly. But there is that sense in which I have to, I can't wait. I can't wait to begin. Do it now. What is it that God is calling you to do? Do it now. Do it now. Don't wait to begin. So as you maximize the new year, I've got to just understand, I am responsible. I am responsible under God for this life. And yet I have to believe. I have to believe that I can change. I have to believe in His power working in and through me. But I have to know what changes need to take place. And so I need to clarify what I want. Understand what the will of the Lord is. And then I have to understand, I've got I to decide to do it now. Do it now because I can't wait till perfect can to begin. But let me give you one other letter just to kind of get us going into a brand new year. And that is the letter E, enlist the help of others. Enlist the help of others. If you're serious about making the best of a brand new year, you don't do it alone. Not only do we depend upon God, But we are interdependent one with another. That again and again and again is the emphasis of Scripture. In the Old Testament, we find this testimony. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. Who are those people in your life that you do life with? Who are those folks that you can enlist to help you, to help you to grow, to help you to change, to help God work in your life and shape those character qualities in your life? Who are you letting in to your life in that way? The New Testament often uses the picture of a body, a body working together, a body building itself up. Earlier in Ephesians, we find these words, rather speaking the truth in love in love. There is this, this connectedness of the body. I need other people. If I am going to grow into all that God wants me to be. If I am going to do all that God wants me to do. I can't do it alone. I can't go after it alone. I need other people. I need some folks who love me enough to speak truth into my life. Speaking the truth in love. I, I, I need to, to be that kind of person in somebody else's life. And so as you think about maximizing this year, I want you to think about who who are those people? Who are those people that I can enlist? Who are those partners that I can travel with? In order to be truly biblical and truly effective, the growth process must include the body of Christ. It must include the body of Christ. You will not maximize your life. You will not maximize the gift of a new year if you try to go at it alone, if you try to go after it alone. You say, well, okay, Jeff, I, you, I mean, I, we could probably keep going through the alphabet, and there's a lot of other things that'll help us to maximize the new year, but I'm starting to get a little overwhelmed here. I, don't give me any more letters. Where do I begin? Where do I begin kind of starting to put some of these pieces together? Uh, the, the accepting that responsibility and uh, believing I can change and clarifying what's important and doing it now, Don't wait, not waiting to begin and enlisting the help of others. Where do I begin? Well, I, I want to just remind you that scripturally, as you talk about understanding what the will of the God is, the will of the Lord is that we become more and more like Jesus, that he wants to conform us to the image of Jesus Christ. And so as I've been thinking about that and thinking about this message for the new year, I thought, where do I begin? Where do we begin? I thought, well, why don't we look at Jesus? And we actually have just a few glimpses of his developmental years. And one of those is in Luke's gospel. And it gives us just this, this sentence. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. As he was developing... He increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man, and that that, that's as good a place to start as any, isn't it? That's as good a place to start as any. And so, just a series of questions to kind of prime the pump uh, for you as you walk into a brand new year, using kind of this Luke two fifty two outline. Intellectual, what do I want to learn? What do you want to learn this year? How do you want to grow in wisdom? How do you want to grow in knowledge this year? Is, is there something that you feel like, hey, God wants me to kind of grow in this area? What do I want to learn? You know, it's a shame if we stop, stop learning as soon as we get our last degree from school, isn't it? I mean, that, that, I, I'm kind of of the mindset that, that, that all your education is just to prepare you for a lifetime of learning, right? So what do I want to learn this year? What would God desire that I learn this year? Intellectual, physical. What will I do to improve my health this year? What am I going to do to improve my health this year? You know, you may be like the 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 guy who uh, this this morning stepped on the scale. You know, he's making his New Year's resolution, and he stepped on the scale there, and he's (sighs) sucking in his gut. His wife says, "Honey." what are you doing? That's not gonna that's not going that's not gonna help that's not gonna make the scale read less numbers. That's not gonna help you lose weight. He said, Yes it is. It's the only way I can read the numbers. <laughs> I don't know if you're in that quite that that condition this morning, but, but but you might have to ask. You know, God's given me the gift of not only a brand new year, but the gift of a body. And we we can't control, you know, some things happen to our bodies that we didn't see coming. We have to deal with those things. I get that. But what can I do to improve my health this year? What can I do to better steward this body that God has entrusted to me for this year? What do I want to learn? What will improve my health? How about spiritual? He grew in favor with God spiritually. What won't deepen my relationship with God this year? As you think about a brand new year, 52 weeks, 365 days, over 8,000 hours, over a half a million minutes. Of all that time, what could you do? What could you do that would deepen your relationship with God this year? Specifically, what would it look like for you to begin to build some things in your schedule that would help deepen your relationship with God? He grew in favor with God and with man. How about socially? Who will I connect with in a more meaningful way this year? Maybe you don't need more friendships. Maybe you just need some deeper friendships. I don't know. Is there a way that maybe in this year, God, I could connect with people in a more meaningful way, at a deeper level? And and as a part of that, what will my ministry to others be? God, how do you want to use me in this brand new year to touch the lives of others to add value to the lives of others to make an impact in the lives of others who will i connect with in a more meaningful way what will my ministry to others be and then let me give you one more from the life of jesus and that is the the eternal question the eternal question is how will i impact my world with the gospel of jesus christ As I think about a brand new year, what is it that's going to happen through my life that's going to impact people with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Because when Jesus talked about what mattered to him, when Jesus talked about his purpose and why he came, he said, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And if we're going to be conformed to the image of Christ, part of what God wants to do with us is is enlist us as part of his search and rescue team, right? We we are to be a part of that search and rescue rescue team. And so I need to come back and just ask, how will I impact my world with the gospel of Jesus Christ? How will I impact beginning where I live, work, and play? Uh, maybe it's to go on a mission trip this year. Maybe it's to, to, to invest in neighbors or a coworker or whatever it may be. Maybe it's to, to, to pray through things. We'll talk about some of these maybe opportunities as the year unfolds. But how, how can God use me to impact my world with the gospel? Of Jesus Christ. Now, those I don't think are the only questions you ought to ask. But if you want to know where to begin, I think that's a pretty good place to begin. Pretty good place to begin. Using the model of Jesus from Luke two fifty two and Luke nineteen ten. What do I want to learn? What am I going to do this year to improve my health? What will deepen my relationship with God? Who will I connect with in a more meaningful way? And what will my ministry to others be? And how will I impact my world with the gospel? of jesus christ now i want to leave you with one kind of last word of encouragement and then i'm going to just give you a little time for reflection on this and the encouragement is all of us probably have had the experience of a new year's resolution that didn't last to valentine's day right okay i mean let's face it those who frequent the gym know that the next couple weeks is going to be real busy at the gym right you know going to be real crowded and they have trouble getting on the machine just keep showing up because a lot of folks won't right and the machines will get less and less crowded come the end of january and into february right and maybe as you th- say, Jeff, you know, I-, I hear you and I hear those questions and I know it's important to, you know, clarify and do it now and I can't wait for perfect conditions and all those things. But, man, I have tried in the past and I've failed. Well, can I just encourage you that this year don't just do it in your own strength. But just enlist God as your first and primary partner and then enlist the help of others along the way because what you'll find is that you can do incredible things through him who strengthens you i i I like the way that that paul kind of brought it to bear in ephesians 6 as he's getting ready to talk about the whole armor of god as he's wrapping up his letter finally Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might." Here's here's what I want you to know. Here's the encouragement I want to give you in a brand new year. Here's what the cross is about. Here's what the resurrection is about. That God has given you a power beyond your own. That That he has come and in his power and in his might and in his grace, he went to that cross and he was buried and he was resurrected so that he could free you from the penalty of sin. So that regardless of your past, whatever hurts or hang-ups or old habits you bring into this year, you don't have to let those dominate your life anymore because you can be set free. You've been set free from the penalty of sin if you are truly in Jesus Christ. But I want you to know that as you are strong in the Lord and the strength of His might, He can set you free from the power of sin. Those things that have controlled you in the past don't have to control you in the future. Just because that's been your pattern in years past, doesn't mean it has to be your pattern in a brand new year you have a capacity you have a power to change you have a power to live differently to be different to to live above sin because of jesus christ and his victory on the cross and praise god that someday in that same power he's going to set us free even from a body of sin he's going to set us free from the very presence of sin all oh, do all of those things i've just been talking about But in the end, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Believe that in his power, you can become the man, you can become the woman that he designed you to be. You can handle whatever it is that he is going to place in your life. And so this is what I want to ask you to do. I, I'm, going to, I'm going to pray for us right here. And then, and then it's just, just, we're just going to have a little music behind you. And I'm just going to ask you just to spend just a couple minutes just in the presence of the Lord. We've kind of carved out time in our service for this today. And I want you just to look at that section about making it personal. And just just begin to write it out. Begin to write it out. I know this won't be the last word, but maybe it'll be some of the first words. With God's help in 2017, I will what? Fill in some of those blanks. Let me pray for us as we do that. Father, thank you for the gift of a brand new year. Father, thank you that you are at work in every one of our lives. And Father, we just readily confess before you that circumstances aren't perfect. Some of us are are facing incredible challenges as we walk into a new year, and just because it's a new year doesn't mean those have gone away. But, Father, I just praise you and thank you that we still have the capacity to choose and that you have given us a, 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 a solemn responsibility to bear that load and to live life under you. And, Father, I just praise you that we can change, that our past doesn't have to be our present, doesn't have to determine our future. And Father, I I thank you that you've given us a mind that we can clarify with the guidance of your spirit those things that are most important. And we don't have to wait till everything's perfect, but we can do it now. And Father, I just praise you and thank you we don't have to do it alone. But we have the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. That we can can live out life in in your strength and in your might. But you've surrounded us with, with brothers and sisters in Christ. You've surrounded us with the body of Christ. And together we can do more than we could ever do alone. And so Father, I just thank you for that right now. And Lord, I just ask you just to take these next couple minutes. And we just invite your Holy Spirit to just prompt some things in us. Prompt some things in us about how we can make the most of this brand new year.